0: Nose. The Bucs got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Under Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucs win. Ball spotting Spawning for three. The place is <laughs> going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible German, Jones, a game right.
1: winner. Got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another They got game. him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown to one Stinson. 25
0: yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucs have shocked the Bulldogs. And the
1: sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you it doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect
0: amount of scruff. And you still have an account. It's Sandos in the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Wednesday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. It is hump day as we get ready for the weekend. A couple of games on Thursday, men's and women's basketball, and a couple on Saturday. We'll have ESPN 3 or plus coverage of the women's game on Thursday, radio coverage of the men on Thursday, as well as I'm sure Sanford will do a ESPN-type broadcast as well. And then Saturday, doubleheader for you. ETSU women's basketball will tip off at 2, the men at 4.30. So we'll talk about that and get you really ready for that tomorrow. But just want to get that on your mind that we are building towards a huge weekend of basketball as the Southern Conference season starts to uh, hit the halfway point and even jump over the halfway point uh for most teams. But today's show we'll talk a little bit about uh ETSU football in segment A. Lando's Lando be with us. Pat Good, the new all time single game three point shooting been record.
2: Inundated with media requests. So I'm sure he, he has. has. It's it's a lo- local
0: what well, do they say local boy done good? One of those things. Should he change uh, his name to Should he change his name to Patrick the Great?
2: I hate all the good and great jokes that have been going on. It's, it's it's too easy. We get it. You're not clever. you know. Good is great is not funny. Uh, it's just making good. I, yeah, okay. Uh, we understand that his name is a feeling, an emotion, uh, a signal that he is a positive contributor. Yeah. And just take it to the next level. Huh? That's what you are just, really you just, you just suck the fun out of everything. No, it's it's a a a a be, cr- be clever. Great is okay. How many times can we use great with good? Use something else. Any other word.
0: What if I just upgraded him to pretty darn good?
2: That's better than what I've seen.
0: Mm, okay. Trey, is he coming? Uh, I guess. Is he? I don't know. What, what is we'll it? Do you know it. what he's doing? Uh, no. Who cares? All right. all right, Trey will be here, and we'll just make fun of him. So. All right, what are we talking about? All right, let's start the show off. How about this? Let's, let's talk uh, recruiting is next Wednesday. Uh, there will be a signing day page. Of course, social media, Twitter, we'll have uh, all that. We're still discussing with Coach Sanders how he wants to – Uh, Maybe we've thought about doing some live stuff uh, throughout the day. Not sure exactly uh, his thoughts, his program. We'll figure it out. We've pitched a couple of our ideas. Um, I guess he's off recruiting, as you can imagine, so he's not in the office uh, today. But by the weekend he will. They'll have some uh, recruits back on campus we will be able to talk to him. So we thought we would rattle off some ideas of where ETSU was thinking. And, though we are only allowed, as you know, because – Work at the university. We can only talk about guys that are signed, which are the six early signings. We'll talk about those in a second. We uh, certainly won't be able to talk about anybody else that's signed. So, anybody that is screaming uh, at their machine that they're listening to, their device, about, oh, what about this guy that's committed? We can't speak on commits. They're out there. You can find it, you know, uh, especially on social media. Who says they're committed? That doesn't mean they are still coming to ETSU. We all know how that goes a commitment's only as good as somebody's word right
2: and we can go on needs though we can look at the team what coach sanders has talked about people that etsu lost from last year and do some assessment of what coach sanders and a lot of i'm sure the fan base those around the program to see consistent success would like to see come in
0: well let's talk about the six guys first and then we'll speculate that and certainly uh, a, a lot of people speak. You know, we're talking about Patrick Good a second ago. People love when the, the local guys get an opportunity. And I thought a, a good get because uh, Blake Austin, who's 6'4", 290, offensive lineman from Science Hill High School, originally committed to an FBS school to a former ETSU guy and Jamie Chadwell taken over the program for the Chanticleer but has decided to stay uh, home and uh, play for ETSU, so I thought that was a good get. DeAndre Davis is a good one, 6'2", 230 linebacker out of Charlotte, North Carolina. A defensive lineman, and again, uh, dipping back into that Ohio pool, that's where ETSU has done a, a good job. There's not a lot of, of 1AA FCS teams. In Ohio, but they went to Middleton, Ohio. Got a six foot three, two thirty five defensive lineman, Max Evans. Just a good name, I think, in general. And then a, a running back, linebacker combo expected to maybe get some action at running back. Good size, six foot two twenty five. Jalen Frierson from Franklin went to Battleground Academy. I mean, if you don't play football, Battleground Academy. Not sure what you're doing there. Another Ohio uh, lineman, Jacob Hensley. This one expected on the offensive line, six-two-two ninety 290 from Fairfield High School. And uh, last but not least, a tight end out of Kentucky, six-three-two hundred thirty 230, uh, pounder from Lawrence County High School, Noah West. And so uh, that was a need. I was going to say, if you look at the offensive side of the ball, so six on there, but you look on the offensive side of the ball, I think they still have a lot of offensive linemen returning. Certainly they lose uh, what seems like an all-world guy in Matt Pike at center, but they they do return several offensive linemen, uh, including uh, I thought a very good freshman year by Traymond Short. So they return a lot of guys on the offensive line but still maybe lacking some depth, so addressing that. And honestly, can you have too many? offensive linemen.
2: No, you, you definitely can And when you have a position breakout like offensive line did for ETSU last year, you need to make sure that you do everything in your power, even if you only lose one or two guys, uh, whether it be starters or reserves, that you bring in people to not only replace those that have departed, but also push those that are already in the program. And so with what ETSU has back, I'm sure that they are very happy to see The progress and the strides that were made. Uh, It was obviously a key to ETSU's success under Matt McCutcheon uh, in his uh, first year here at ETSU being the offensive line coach, and so you need to go out and get players that are going to perhaps even upgrade you at certain positions if that is needed. If you look at the offensive line, and what ETSU was able to put together that was without a doubt Unquestionably their best offensive line year Of these first four that the Bucs Have had since football has returned So uh, I think that These may not be aside from you know Jalen Frierson and, and uh, To a lesser extent maybe Noah West I, I know everyone gets excited about the position players The skill position players and Players that are going to be the pass catchers Be the ball toters to go and Get you yards but it all does Start up front and It should not be lost on anyone how big of an impact the offensive line did have this year so uh, Blake Austin at 6'4 and 290 pounds and then Jacob Hensley at 6'2, 290 these guys are a good size you know you you want guys that are you know 300 or right around there if not above and so coming in at 18 years old 290 pounds and with the ability to gain some skill under coach McCutcheon learn from some that have already been here that also learned under Matt Pike who has now departed I think that Great to bring those in early and have those secure.
0: Well, and it, you know, and it, I totally agree. Everything starts with the line. I, I think it's not even debatable. Uh, and so sometimes it does get lost in a shuffle. But I'll even go a step further. It also starts with a guy that's snapping the football. And so you've got to replace Matt Pike, who had snapped about, every, I think it was 98 point something percent, some ungodly number of snaps uh, in four years that, that he had in all those games. So you replace Matt Pike there. You know, will it be Garrett Curtis, who was listed as the backup? Uh, he'll he would be a redshirt senior. That what's exciting about the line: Cameron Parker will be a redshirt junior next year. His backup was Eddie Gahardo, who actually started the season starter. He's a redshirt junior, upcoming as well. Ben Blackman will be a, a senior. Nick Rideout was a guy, a local product out of Greenville High School. That, that's going to get a redshirt, so he's got four years left. Was the backup left guard? Traymon Shorts was thrust into duty uh, when Miles Smith went down with a season-ending injury. He'll be back. So where will Miles Smith fit in? traymond Shorts, a red shirt, uh, will be sophomore next year. Uh, and then Mason McNutt, his backup. And Greg McLeod will be the right tackle, will be a red shirt senior. So you look at Lots that. Got, depth, though, got to right? be excited about that, adding some uh, some new players to that front as well. I think one of the, the guys that will be missed that maybe is lost because he's, he's like another offensive lineman was Evan Wick. I thought – you know, he gets lost in a shuffle because tight ends. People nowadays think about pass catchers; they don't think about what you can do in the run game. And Coach Sanders, frankly, talked about how Evan Wick was a guy that was instrumental. Him and Hayden Hill, which is the the fullback, H back, whatever they want to call them. Both those guys are gone. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Hayden Hill's going to be a redshirt senior, so Hayden Hill will be back. Heaven Wick's gone, so they signed a, a tight end in Noah West. I think they may even look for another tight end as well. Plus, uh, I thought Nate Atkins had an outstanding freshman season, a uh, true freshman season. Plus, he had that big touchdown catch late in the game against Western Carolina. Wide receiver is, is certainly up for grabs. They return um, everybody, I think, but Colby Kelly and Ari Wart, are so the only two guys gone. The rest of the, the receiving core is back. They certainly are looking to add uh, uh, some receivers there. And then quarterback's going to be the other one. You know, who is going to be the guy to take the snap uh, and is the guy that's going to take the snap still on the roster right this second. So.
2: Yeah, and it'll be, I think, tantamount to success for ETSU to find, yes, the quote-unquote sexy signees, right, the guys that are going to be throwing the passes and running the ball and making, you know, the plays on the outside because Coach Sanders talked about it again and again and again this year. There were not those playmakers, at least up to the level and expectation that he would have liked to see that were out there for Austin Herrick and at times uh, Logan Marchie. So uh, I also really think that how signing day goes and what this roster looks like will determine a lot of how ETSU, you know, plays on offense. You know, I, I think you have to to some extent play to your personnel. And ETSU right now, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I'm not, I don't imagine that you would disagree with this either. But they are strongest. In their backfield, when it comes to Quay Holmes, who uh, very well could have been, you know, an All-American if he would have had, you know, sophomore junior year behind him, but maybe new man on the scene, you know, certainly uh, freshman of the year, um, not only you know in the Southern Conference, but very well could have been, you know, on the national stage as well. So you've got, you know, Quay Holmes, you've got Jacob Sailors. I think that with the players that you have, the personnel at the moment, to me it strikes me as a a very run-heavy team, right? But if you can go out and add some extra pieces around signing day and, and get them in and, and make sure that your quarterback, whoever that may be, has some players that can go up and get a ball and can get open and, and run routes that create some separation. You know That's going to be huge because ETSU didn't have that much last year. And if you look at the level of success that they had, even without that, can you imagine adding a couple of players that can do that? Then you're talking about a team that could contend not only – for a Southern Conference championship, but get back to the playoff and go, you know, I think sky's the limit in terms of the depth they go into the national playoffs. So uh, exciting to see what they do, but certainly there are some gaps that need to be filled, which makes this next week very important.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's going to be very interesting to see what all – on offense, to me, and I know a lot of people kind of point to the defense thinking that they lost a lot. In reality, they, they didn't. No. I mean Now, they do – Lose what was a spectacular linebacker in Dylan Weigel. I don't think we have to tell anybody about him over 400 tackles, almost 450 for his career. Certainly uh, he's going to be a loss, but you you look at the two bookends and Player and Madua Fakwa, they're back. Their backups are also back. You do lose two talented guys in Tremont Farrell and Chris Boyer at the nose, so you do certainly need to bounce back and get those guys kind of Um, uh, Do need to get a couple more defensive linemen, add depth as far as that goes. I think the linebacking core, you look at Blake Bockreth, he'll be back as a starter. J.D. Griffin was in and out of the lineup as a starter. Zach Yancey saw a lot of action. And then um, uh, Colton Lakes would be the one guy, because he was the back of Dylan Weigel, didn't particularly play a whole lot. But they did play Yancey and J.D. Griffin a lot on the inside. Kamen Cooper's another guy. That could start at the opposite outside linebacker, and they can move Zach Yancey maybe inside. Came in a little bigger, though. All right, Actually, I guess he's not. He's 6'2", 210. Uh, Yancey's 5'11", 210, so about the same. J.D. Griffin's a very healthy 6'3", about 250. Colton Lakes is 6'5", 240. The secondary, everybody is back. The only person lost is Dominique Williams, who is a backup and played nickel back some. But everybody's back. DeLentz, Robinson, Tucker, Lewis, all starters. Artavia Smith also started some. M.J. Woods was a freshman and only played four games, got got hurt uh, uh, and ended up because of the four-game rule. He's going to be able to redshirt. He's got four right. years left, so he's going to be back. Thomas Henderson saw some time. Quan Smith was a freshman, saw a little bit of time. So, in all honesty, you're talking about re- replacing a nose guard. Uh, again, a linebacker happens to be Dylan Weigel that you got to you got to replace. And a couple backups. Right, that's it. You got 9 of your starters back. Right, you could probably insert, except for D line. You could probably insert a linebacker that had saw a lot of action, that go and Austin Gatewood. I did leave him out. You do lose Austin Gatewood, so you lose two guys, uh, in Gatewood and Weigel. And those were big contributors. They're yeah, and, and folks, in terms of folks, folks was a was a senior, but there's some. You know, I heard he, because of some injuries, if he wanted a 60 year he could have it. Now the question is, does he want I'm it? sure. You know, does right he right want now, to right. do something else? So you could lose three linebackers. But, again, because the way they rotated them in, Kamen Cooper saw a lot of snaps. Zach Yancey saw a lot of snaps, especially against passing teams. J.D. Griffin saw a lot of snaps. Colton Lakes was in there as well. So it, it's not as bleak as I think people think it is. So I think going back to the recruiting talk we've had, I think they definitely – they've already added a defensive lineman. I think they'll get more defensive linemen. They'll obviously need to add uh, some linebackers. And then, I don't know, they may get a secondary guy or so because they will lose a lot of secondary guys, uh, lose a couple key guys next year in the secondary. But the secondary is still young. The Lynch sophomore, Robinson sophomore, Tucker sophomore. You know, Jeremy Lewis, obviously a talented junior. He'll be graduating that, that next year. Artavia Smith will also be graduating. MJ Wood steps in. So, I think they'll they'll – try to get some linebackers, they'll try to get um, some defensive linemen, but I believe this will be more of an offensive class than a defensive class, I believe.
2: And Randy being an offensive coach, I think that will make him a lot more comfortable with what he's working with this coming year.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. You always kind of go with what you want, and, and we'll see. And, you know, the 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 spring hasn't happened. There's always a little extra attrition through the spring than than not, and we'll just see how that plays out as well.
2: And that's also where I think ETSU has a little bit of the luxury because again, I believe you and me both think that they bring back a lot of talented players on each side of the ball. Yes, there are Clear glaring holes that you have to address, but they're in a little bit of a ahead of their time uh, by a couple of years. It seems like by uh, many stretches of the imagination, you know. I think that no one expected Randy Sanders to come in in year one, make a lot of things like he did happen. So you're almost in the situation where you can just go out and get the best player available because Randy Sanders has established himself, has established this program now as one that under him will contend to not only be in every game win a lot of games contend for southern conference championship go to the playoff of course you do have to follow up up success and prove it wasn't an aberration in year one but the fact that year one has happened and unfolded the way it did going and getting players that can just make you better and improve your culture of competition i think is massive uh, because you are a couple years ahead of a lot of the time frames that people thought you would win going and doing that won't be a hindrance and won't I don't think it really ever hurts to have the best possible players around. But certainly now, if you can bring in players that will push the others that are here, that will raise your standard and raise your game for the next couple of years.
0: Actually, almost yada yada, one of the most important positions they're losing. What's that? Kicker. Yeah, that's See, right. Yeah, he's going to be on tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're going to have him on yeah. Thursday. So, JJ, J.J. German, I almost forgot that. And, and, and uh, Well, so we take it for granted, right? Yeah, and Marion Watson, the punter. Yeah. And, and Marion's last six, seven games was the best six, seven, and he was a weapon uh, late in the year. I thought Marion uh, turned out to, to be phenomenal late in the season, and they lose Adam Mullins. Now I do have his brother on. Yep. So we, the good news is we still have a Mullins that will be snapping the football at some point in time it just feels uh, right. to the kickers. That's exactly right. I don't know if they got another one coming up four more years. They probably should but uh, So J.J. Jermaine and Watson need a kicker pun. I don't know if they'll get a combo guy, if they'll get one of each, but they certainly uh, have to replace that as well. And so and we,
2: shouldn't, we shouldn't just take that for granted because we've seen what kickers can do to college and professional teams and the madness that it can cause when you don't have a reliable one like J.J.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's a look at uh, some recruiting. Of course, that's all going to be uh, settled uh, next week, I guess. Um, Exactly, we can Wednesday, talk about it, right?
2: In a bit more depth. Yeah, we'll, it. we'll talk about once we can actually
0: say who they got and what position they're going to play. <laughs> then but, we kind of tiptoe around it just because we have to. But. Yeah, we'll step aside for a timeout. Lando's land coming up. Don't forget Patrick Good in the third segment. Trey, whatever he's doing in the fourth segment. But we'll be back talking uh, whatever it is college basketball-ish stuff with Landon Owens right after this timeout. There, word from Ed Wagner. This is Sanderson the Sidekick on the Buckeye to work. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks!
1: 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. McDonald's says they flash freeze their beef. Doesn't sound good to Wendy's, but someone might be into that. It's I, old man Winter, and uh, him. I'm not a fan of frozen beef either. Uh, Don't stereotype me. I prefer fresh beef just like anybody else. I'm only human, uh, ish. Skip the frozen beef from the frozen arches and head to Wendy's. Try a hot Dave's Double and see how fresh, fresh tastes. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska,
2: and Canada. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's City locations to learn more. Rocker East Floor Covering also paneling, carpet and door mark, and
1: K&M flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, custom floors by Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring.
2: Sandos to the side. Jay Sandoz steps aside. Mike Gallagher with you. Patrick Good, point guard for the ETSU men's basketball team, takes Jay's seat for now. Jay will be back for Lando's Land in just about uh, 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, Patrick Good is inundated with all these media requests over the last number of days but has been nice enough to take some time with us and this is the only radio request you've gotten so I actually am gonna, you know, pat ourselves in the back here for a little bit. I'm very happy we've had the chance to get you on because the T V stuff, you know, you get kind of a snapshot of everything that's gone on um, in your career over the, you know, certainly past ninety six or so hours, but coming back to ETS being from around the area, I know that those angles have been explored a lot. I want to talk about, firstly, just obviously the night that you had on Saturday against Western Carolina. I sit back, and I'm listening to the game on the way back from ETSU Women's Basketball. I was on the trip with them those four days, and I'm on the bus, and I'm just like, my gosh, this is incredible. And it's one after another. You get to 6, 7, and then you're like, okay, this has got to be it, right? You're kind of blowing them out of the water at this point. And 8, 9, 10, 11, and I'm blown away. Have you ever been in – that type of zone before
3: um shooting all around from three probably not the most i hit in a um high school game was 10 wow but i mean i think that went into overtime so to play in a uh, collegiate game with the division one level uh 27 minutes and 11 for 17 from the three-point line it was just one of those one of those nights you have in the gym where where you can't miss anything it was kind of like i was just going to shoot until I miss, and I and I didn't miss, so I'm like, they like, keep shooting, and the coaches just kept um, drawing plays up for me, and my teammates kept finding me when I was open and setting great screens, so it was kind of just like, just keep feeding, pat the ball, and just, you know what I'm saying, shoot it if you can shoot it, and then I kept shooting, and it just would find the bottom of the net every time.
2: Because so. you're an unselfish guy, you know, I, you don't strike me as a guy that's always looking for a shot, you can facilitate, you let the game come to you, so... Was it uncomfortable at all, the fact that it was like, all right, hey, Pat's the guy tonight, and the fact that I think your previous career high was 21 when you were at Appalachian State. Yes, sir. <laughs> you go over that by 14 points. Were you taken aback a bit at all by just like, wow, yo, this is my
3: night? Um, Not really, because all the shots that I was shooting were, like I said, sets. I shot a couple in transition toward the end, and but everything that um was within the offense, it was nothing out of character. So I felt like I was in my comfort zone and just – um. Obviously, Maladen played a great game as well, so he took some of the attention away from it. So it just left um, left me open for some open shots, and I was able to knock him down.
2: I loved the comparisons to Clay Thompson that people were making in those immediate couple hours after the ensuing days, because I think Coach Forbes had the stat that on the Coaches Show Monday night, you took six dribbles throughout that entire evening, and. Uh, Clay Thompson has been known for you know I think what was the one where he dropped like 60 and he had taken 12 dribbles the whole night or something like yeah. that so very similar a couple of those shots that you made were absolutely incredible you mentioned to Jay Sandoz after the game that you really felt like you were in your zone after like the sixth or seventh one when the shot clock was winding down and you said hey guys you got to pick me up if I don't hit this but when that one in, you really felt like you knew it was your night
3: oh yeah I did um, but with the dribbling aspect from it. Um, I mean, it kind of just happens. I feel like with basketball, the less dribbles that you take, the more efficient the offense is. Because if you can get it into the post and they kick it out and you swing on more, then you have the defense in rotation. So I kind of just like to play that way and just not try to, like, over overdo it. And I feel like sometimes if you dribble too much, then you can put yourself in a in a pickle in a, in a bad situation. So I try to stay away from that as much as possible. Just stick to what I, – I know my role on the team, and I want to perfect that and – um, and that's shooting and, and, and getting others open. So I feel like I try to do that as much as possible. But, um, yeah, when the, when the seventh one went at the end of the shot clock, it was kind of just like it's, I'm shooting it at the logo, and it's just going. I'm like, wow. How, Man. many, of those,
2: how many of those were heat checks, to be honest with
3: you? Um, I would say maybe the ones toward the end. The I shot one in transition, and yeah. it was kind of just like, off a of miss, and one of their players lost their shoes, so I'm like, we're gonna have an advantage regardless. So I kind of just like switched le- uh, switched sides of the court and got to the middle of the court and was it w- within range right. and just shot it and let it go and it was just bottom of the net and it was kind of just like I kept getting chills because when you shoot like that, you expect yourself. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say expect yourself to miss, but. When, mi- when you miss, you're not surprised. You're more surprised if you're making 10 or 12 in a row.
2: You're just playing the percentages. Your mind is geared like that. Right. Yeah. Yes,
3: sir. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I have the, the utmost confidence, and my teammates and coaching staff do as well. So, that's, that's never been a problem with the quote-unquote shooting slump. So, I mean, hopefully I can continue to um, – to, to play my game and just be the best that I can for this team. You
2: talked about being in range. It seemed like you were in range and you stepped off the bus. Uh, talk to us about the mental side of this because I feel like the one thing that people don't really think about is kind of what you just talked about. Your brain is geared towards, okay, you know, maybe I'll hit a couple threes today, but you're not going to have one where you hit six, seven, eight, you know, in 10 or 15 games, really. You know, like that's a once a season, twice a season type thing, usually. Now, hey, if you get in a roll and you hit 10, 11 again next game. More power, too. UTSU Bucs fans would love to see that. But how do you make sure that when you get to that 6th, 7th, and 8th that you're stepping outside of what your brain is accustomed to? You know, Because I know when I was a baseball player, that was the toughest thing for me was I would get hot and I'd just be like, oh, I know I'm coming down to Earth eventually. Like, when is that coming? And you'd almost be waiting for it. So how do you make sure that you stay even keel and level and your shot then obviously will follow along and continue to go in?
3: Just staying, never too high, never too low. I, I truly believe in that because when things are going, going well, you don't want to to get overconfident or to overanalyze, and when things are going bad, you you don't want to dwell on it, and you just kind of have to just stay level-headed, which I feel like I try to do that as best as possible. But just um, when when you know you're in the zone, it's kind of just like, this is once in a lifetime opportunity. If if somebody would have said, well, you're gonna hit 11 threes tonight, I would have been like. I haven't hit 11 threes in seven games, so what are you talking about? Right. So it was kind of just one of those things where, like I said, it was in rhythm shots, it was nothing out of character, and I mean, I got open looks and they just kept going in. So it was just it was just a great feeling, it gave me chills to be out there and to be able to do that, and just to see the excitement from my teammates to, to react how they reacted, it just kind of made everything a whole lot better.
2: What does it mean to you to pass Corby Pegram, TJ Cromer, or Sean Rembrandt? I mean, for a lot of people maybe outside the SOCON or even the ASUN, for some of the guys that played during the time that they did when ETSU was not in the SOCON, uh, outside the region maybe they don't know those names, but for ETSU basketball and for those that know the Blue and Gold, those that have been around the region for a little bit of time, and especially for yourself growing up around Johnson City, being a Johnson City native, and I'm assuming going to a lot of ETSU basketball games when you were little, being familiar with those guys, and knowing how great of players they were, I bet it has to be pretty special.
3: It is just those those great group of guys right there that you just stated. Um, the only one that I know personally is TJ Cromer, and I mean he's been he's been a great mentor to me, and just being able to um, work out with him during the summertime, and just to being able to see how he's matured over his career, and just the uh, just the just see the work ethic put into it that he's put into it. I mean obviously having a great career here that he did and just seeing it from somebody else that's older than you and has been through the fire before you kind of just want to I guess just get as much advice as, uh, that you can from him and just um, just try to be successful like he is I mean he sent me a text right after the UNCG game which I think I might have went 0 for 5 over 6 from 3 mm-hmm. and he was just like uh, keep your head up it's a long season get back in the gym tonight or tomorrow and that's he said that's what he used to do on his bad shooting nights, and I mean that—that's—that's that's what I truly believe in. Just because when things are going good or things are going bad, you still—you still have to stick to your routine and just be your normal self. And I feel like I did that. And when you do that, good things happen to to good people. So I feel like that's a true st- true statement that I live by.
2: That's what I always find is helpful too. And this is not the same, right? Being a player versus doing whatever else you are in your life. But I—I've always felt that too. When you have a bad day doing whatever, right? It can be you have a bad day at work, you have a bad day with you know a relationship that you're in, whatever it is. It always helps to have something to bounce back to, and so with basketball, it's if you have a bad game, it is getting back in the gym and putting yourself in that atmosphere again and just moving on quickly, having a short
3: memory, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, just in life, you don't want you don't want to dwell on a bad day or a bad game just because it can uh, it can be a domino effect. You don't want to put your teammates in a situation for for them to have to pick up your slack. You have to bring it every single day, and just mentally, I feel like I've matured ever since I've um, went to Crockett and played for my dad. He just helped me so much with the mature aspect, and obviously my ma- my mother as well. But like I said, when you when things are going good, don't don't get overconfident. When things are going bad, don't don't think it's the end of the world because you want to stick to the same routine. After the shooting night on Saturday, I got back up at 8.30 on Sunday morning and went to the gym and shot before I went to church. And then uh, I shot that night uh, with my dad, and that's the same routine that I did at, after the UNCG game. Right. So, I mean, if you're going to do that in a slump, then why wouldn't you do that after a record-breaking night? So that's, that's just how I feel on that.
2: Makes all the sense in the world. Uh, we're not having you on just because of this night that you had. I know that all the attention has come at this time. I promise you it is just coincidence with us. We have Austin Herrick on every Friday, and we continue to. It really started just during football season. But when you have something like that, the instant thought is, all right, well, basketball is coming up. Basketball is huge around Johnson City. ETSU Men's Basketball is going to draw tons of attention, trying to get back to the SoCon tournament. There's um, just a firestorm of interest around ETSU Men's Basketball from October to March, and we hope into April. That would be fantastic. But yes, um, we look at you know options for who can we have on – ETSU men's basketball to you know kind of fill that gap that Austin Herrick might leave and you're the one that came into my mind right away uh, just talking to you for some of the other you know getting to know type stuff and things that we've done around here since you've been back at ETSU so we came up with five names for the segment I'll be interested to hear what your thoughts are on you can go ahead and rate them one to ten then we will have probably a bunch of losers but maybe one winner when it all comes uh, to being said and done with this segment the good doctor with Patrick good one to ten where's that at
3: Good Doctor, uh, maybe five. Okay, a
2: five. That's, that sounds about right. I looked at that and I was like, okay, good
3: times with Pat. I actually like that. You like that one? Yeah, because at Crockett, uh, I had a teammate, it was Dustin Day, uh-huh. and, and they used to say good day for the Pioneers. So it kind of just it flows, so that kind of brings back some old memories.
2: Okay, I, I like that. We, we've hit on that one at least. A little bit. Uh, this one is because of Steve Forbes, and he was talking about you post game. I don't think anybody cares. Oh, that's not the one. Where is pat, that? Pat, pat, There it is. Pat. 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 <laughs> he was trying to say your name, and it was just Pat. 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 So a very simple one from Steve Forbes. Pat.
3: Pat. Pat. Yeah, that's. I think that's a classic. That might be the one, just because when when I do something. <coughs> Excuse me. When I do something bad, he's like, come on, Pat. And that's all he says. I can just imagine. I can just see that, hear his voice in my head when that comes.
2: Oh, and you don't even have to hear your voice now. Pat, Pat, Pat. Boom, it's right in your headphones. Uh, three pointers from the three cities. That almost works because of the tri-cities. I feel like it might be kind of a reach, though.
3: Oh, uh, no. That's probably the least favorite. Okay.
2: Okay. How about uh, three balls from the tri- triples from the tri-cities? I like that. closer. I like that. Getting closer. I'll, I'll keep working on it. And uh, this one's more for the fans. Good to great. Why Appalachian State isn't as awesome as ETSU with Patrick? Mm, <laughs> you might want to stay out on that one, right?
3: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a biased question. It, absolutely. With it all is. due respect, though. So okay. we'll probably go with either good times with Pat or Pat, Pat, Pat.
2: Good times with Pat or Pat, Pat, Pat. We could even have like a combo of both. Uh, so on that Appalachian State point, of course i got to ask that one because the fans, you know how they feel about Appalachian State around here, blue and gold through and through. You obviously went to Appalachian State, come back to ETSU. I'm not asking you to give away any secrets or rip Appalachian State at all. I just want to know about the differences. What led you back here?
3: Um, Appalachian State, was it was great to me uh, in, rec- in the recruiting process um, at a young age. I would say they started contacting me when I was a sophomore in high school, so it was kind of just got a, a good look at them and just with them having a new coach and trying to rebuild and stuff. Um, it was just an opportunity that I would want to take the advantage of the most and then uh, my senior year of high school was when Coach Forbes and his staff got the coaching job at ETSU, and it was it was more for myself that I didn't have a relationship with Coach Forbes and his staff, so I didn't want to to go to ETSU just because I'm from Johnson City or just they felt obligated to to try to bring me home. It was just I'm a, I'm a relationship type person. I, I stand by that, and I mean to go to Appalachian State and just be away from my family and friends and having to to mature on my own kinda just helped me to be the young man that I am today. But coming back to ETSU um, was probably the best decision I made in my life other than accepting Christ, obviously. But um, just being home and just being able to to play in front of my family, see my family um, excel in their everyday life and just support me every single game, home, away. They actually made the trip to Mercer which is five hours away unexpectedly. So that was like a, a great surprise. But just to, just to get back to Johnson City, because when I was a young kid, I used to come to the ETSU games when they were in the Dome and just like, wow, one day I want to do this, let alone actually play for ETSU. I didn't know what level I was going to be able to play at. I just knew I would be grateful to play Division One, Division Two, NAIA, just wherever the Lord led me to play and to, to play at ETSU, my hometown and just growing up and seeing all the uh, ETSU greats, building relationships with uh, Marty Story, Greg Dennis, Mr. Jennings, all those guys, Calvin Talford, and uh, not to mention T.J. Cromer, and in between, just just to be home and um, play in front of a sellout crowd every single night and just to know that the, the fans have my back, whether it's a good game or, or, or bad game, to, to know that um, it can be special. And, I mean, this is, this has been one of the uh, greatest years of my life so far, and it will only continue to grow.
2: And we give some gruff to to state just, of course, because of the dynamic, but it, may, it sounds like, to me at least, when you talk about it, it was a very formative time in your life.
3: Uh, it was, um, just because um, just being it's hard as a kid, as an 18-year-old, you don't know where you, want, where you want your life to go. Right. And you kind of just have to, based on faith and just, I felt like at the time, when I was an 18-year-old kid, that that was where I should be, and I just made the decision there, which I was grateful for because, I, like you said, um, having two career highs at Appalachian State my freshman year, I would have never thought that was possible. Yeah. But just um, it it was just a great experience. But I just didn't feel like I would be ultimately happy for four years there, so I didn't want to to drag it out or to to give up on basketball or anything like that. So I just wanted to to excel and then hopefully go into coaching so I know Coach Forbes and his staff have great connections and then hopefully play play professional if that's um, in the future but I mean to answer that question that would be it
2: so you talked, you're very relationally oriented, and you you got to be comfortable with somebody, right, to be able to trust such a big portion of your life to them. So did Coach Forbes stay in touch with you kind of throughout your freshman year at Appalachian State? Was that something where you were just in touch with other people back here where you felt drawn to come back to Johnson City? How did that work? Uh, was Coach Forbes prevalent at that time in getting you back here?
3: Um, I would say probably uh, Coach Penny mm-hmm. College, the ones that's at TSU, yeah. um I would stay in contact with him, not for recruiting purposes, just, um, just when they would have successful games. I mean, when they played UT, I was actually back at that game, so that kind of just gave me chills of, wow, I could actually be playing out there. Right. But um, n- nobody, I never really contacted anybody until I got my release from Appalachian State, and I was considering all options, but I had one at the at the very top, and that was ETSU. I mean. There there were so many more positives, and there was I don't think there was a negative on the list, but um, just yeah. And then when I when I um, told my dad, we actually had a conversation about it, and it was kind of weird how it happened because I was like, uh, he was it was just a random day when I was at Appalachian State, and I um, he was like, I came back just from ETSU practice, and Coach Forbes and them asked about you, what they did constantly, and he would tell me that, mm. and. I kind of slept on that and just realized that they still, you know what I'm saying, cared about me even if I was somewhere else. Right. And then that just helped lead to my decision of coming back home. So, I mean, it was it was, it was was my decision ultimately. I had to go into the office at uh, App State and tell the coaching staff that I wanted my release. Right. which, I mean, they were grateful to do so, but um, that's just how it happened. So you come back, and
2: I think there's a lot of different – ways people see sitting out of here. Some will say, boy, it gave me such perspective. Others will say, it was really nice to see a new angle of the game. And others, I think, are just flat out frustrated by it, right? Because you can't be out on the floor, can't be helping the team that you came here to play for. What was your
3: experience? From last year? Yeah. Um, it, w- it was great. Just just being back home and just playing um, or practicing with the team that we had last year, obviously, with a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, fell short. But it was so much more than that just because of the relationships that um, I have with those players, Jermaine Long, Jalen McCloud, DeSante Bradford, and just those players there, um, just being around a, around a winning culture. And it helped me. I would consider myself and my teammates would too as leader, the leader of the team. And if it wasn't for last year, I don't think that I would be able to fulfill that role just because during practices um, – I knew what coach wanted and then on game nights I was able to cheer for the team and just be supportive for them when they needed it. So I got the best of both worlds and just, just being able to learn and to be a sophomore and to be at the leader of a team is just that that's rare. And I feel like, um, I can only be a better leader from here on out every year. I feel like I'm going to set myself up to be a better leader each and every year. And I feel like I'm capable of, of that. And every, um, Coach always puts a quote on the board, good teams are uh, held accountable by the coaches and great teams are held accountable by the players. Right. And I, I truly believe in that because if I can um, get on Romy or Trey or, or Bo or Isaiah in in the huddle instead of the coaches doing it, then they'll actually take that not personally. It means the, a bit more though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. just because we're all in this together and it's not like, When when a coach is kind of getting on you, you're kind of like, well, he's picking on me or it's personal. But when it's peer-to-peer, they know I have genuine love for them. So, I mean, I would never give them something that they didn't need to hear.
2: Right. How do you want your game to evolve now that you're here? I think it sounds like it already has a ton in terms of leadership qualities, which is so important. But – uh, you are obviously a tremendous three point shooter great facilitator. Are there aspects of your game on the floor that you want to get better at? Are there things off the floor where you feel you know I should really be striving to attain this goal? Where are you at in terms of evolution of your game on and off the floor?
3: Number one, <coughs> number one uh, would be maturing for sure um, each and every day. I always feel like you can get better every single day. I mean, that's just that's just in life in general. But um, I feel like defensively, I could be better, just um, be more consistent with it instead of – I don't really base it off my shooting nights. It's kind of more of a, I guess, day-to-day type thing. But, I mean, I feel like I should bring that every single day just as I bring my shooting every single day. So I shouldn't um, defer between the two because when it's all said and done, I want to be more known as a complete player more than just a three-point shooter, if that makes sense. But, like I said, I know my role on my team, so I'm never going to go out there and do something that I've never practiced before or my team or, like, the coaches never gave me the freedom to do so, which, I mean, we have a lot of freedom on the team, probably more than anybody I've ever played with, included, not including with my dad, obviously. But, I mean, um, just um, from that aspect of just getting better every day all around. I mean, there's not, there's not one thing that I want to um, – Excel and I just want to ex- excel as a complete player and just be a better person than a teammate. Because when it's all said and done, and we all graduate and go our separate ways, and we're at each other's weddings and funerals and reunions and stuff, we'll remember the relationships that we had on and off the court more than we'll remember, oh, will we beat um, Western Carolina by 22 points right. on this day and age or or whenever it is. But um, just being, like I said, a relationship person and just to know that uh, if anybody on the team needs any advice or needs to talk to somebody, that I'm always here and just, just being there for one another. That means more.
2: How is the chemistry of this team? I think last year, you know, you talk about your relationship still with a lot of the players that were here and, and now are gone, and that team was tremendously successful in a lot of areas. 16-game winning streak captured the attention of a lot of not only local media, national media, got a ton of attention. Um, where do you feel this team in terms of chemistry and relationships is to last year's team? It seems to me just haven't been around the program for a couple of years. It's always a very close-knit group.
3: It is. Um. Especially with having only four guys or five guys back from last year, and just having a new a new group all around, JUCO players, freshmen, and uh, transfers. I mean, it's up to us to build the chemistry. We can't let the coaches uh, dictate that. And I feel like we've um, only gotten stronger each and every week. Just just l- learning how to play with each other, and just being with each other on and off the court. It, like I said, it means it's going to mean more. At the end of the day, than it does in this at this exact moment. Right. And I feel like we excel with that. We um, we pull for one another when somebody comes off the bench. We try to stand up and you know what I am saying. Just just be just give each other confidence. That's the main thing. If you have if if your um, your peers and your teammates are giving you confidence, then you are like, why would you want to let them down? Yeah. That's kind of the mentality I have.
2: What I think makes this team so dangerous, last one for you, we appreciate the extended time you're about to leave for Sanford, a uh, four-day road trip, obviously, but uh, inside-outside game that this team is uh, has the ability to play. I mean, you've got Jeremy Rodriguez inside, Milad Armis, Lucas Goussaint, uh, even James Harrison, you know, I know he's not getting a lot of minutes right now, but he can make some moves down low also, and then when you're hot from three, when Trey Boyd is hot from three, and the list goes on, really, I'm just using yourself and Trey as examples because you have been the most prolific three-point shooters, but... You can kind of do it from all over the court, and certainly it seems like to me that is the most dangerous quality of this team that can make you play with anybody on the right day.
3: It does. Um, Watching teams like Duke and those high-level teams that have 20-point scores per game scores, um, obviously we don't have that on our team. We have three three or four players in double digits, and Two, uh, two or three more players uh, on the verge of having double digits. So it's like, if you stop Patrick Good tonight, then, then we have a chance to win. Because that's not true. Right. I mean, I feel like we feed whoever's hot at the time. If I mean, we've gotten Trey Boyd hot a couple times from uh, beyond the Art. I mean, Romy's had a twenty twenty game, and Lottie's been playing well as of late. Um, I feel like it's hard. We're hard to to. Scout, I would say, Can't yeah, key because, in on any one guy because if they if they double team the the post players, they're just smart enough to kick it out, and we're confident enough to knock down shots. I mean that's just how it is, and I feel like that's how basketball should be played. It should never be around one sole player. I mean, obviously, if the team has to do that to win and gives them the best shot, then I understand that. But the team that we have here is just, I mean, we're so unselfish, and I mean. Uh, I think we lead the, the conference in assists per game, which is, that's rare, because, I mean, we share the ball so well, and we want to see each other succeed, so, I mean, that's it's it's a great feeling to play with, with my teammates.
2: Got to be a good feeling, too, to look up and see yourself leading ETSU suddenly in conference scoring. Like you said, it's any given night, it could be anybody else aside from yourself, Trey Boyd, Drummer Rodriguez. list goes on and on. Uh, even some of the guys that I feel like maybe aren't at the forefront of offensive success right now, say the Isaiah Tisdales, you know, and you've seen early on in the season that he can put up big numbers too. He's just, that seems like letting the game come to everyone else. And certainly when his moment comes around, I'm sure he'll be ready too. Pat, appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Good luck on the road trip. You. Go Bucks. Patrick Good. Johnson City native, ETSU point guard. Stanford is coming tomorrow night, and ETSU in action Saturday as well. Catch both of those games on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Back with more on Sanderson, the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
1: It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning, and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead. Enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank over IC.
1: Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks. Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference Championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU athletics.
0: Bobby Bonilla reference there. We got love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, oh, we're it Bobby Bonilla Day already? Are we close Great. to Bobby Bonilla Day? When is it? You probably have it memorized by now.
1: I think it's in July. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it. I think it comes mid-year.
2: So it could be like halfway to Bobby Bonilla Day. It's like the, what, 18-and-a-half-year anniversary or something like that?
1: Yeah. You know, you look forward to certain dates in baseball. <laughs> you got pitchers and catches reporting soon in a few days. you got the first day of full rosters, and then you got Bobby Bonilla Day. So, um, yeah, that's a special, what life of the Mets fans all uh, about. a
2: special one for... Everyone really except Met fans, right? I'm sure Met fans would like to forget about it by now.
1: Uh, we we have not. We yeah. have not.
2: Well it's impossible to since you're still paying the man. Anyway. Exactly. What's exactly. going on, Landon?
1: Oh, not much, boys. How are you?
2: Yeah. Hey, how
0: are you? Uh you know, it's uh, Angry
2: Man yesterday I uh, yeah. kicked you off the air, so don't <laughs> make a return. <laughs> I mean, about that's, that? that's
0: fine. It's fine. Listen, anything to get him back on the air so he can vent about whatever it is he wants to vent about.
2: You know, I'm glad that others have not taken after Angry Man like Landon himself, crazy coach, and started making just ravenous demands on the show. Well, no, let's, let's
0: just calm it down, because uh, crazy coach oh, has dude. some demands occasionally. Okay, okay, he's got some demands.
2: At least they're not you can't be on the show.
0: No, that's true. Since it is that's true.
2: Sandos and the sidekick. Yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, Landon, are you cooking up any schemes to try and get things out of your appearances?
1: Um, no, not really. See? I, I just this I just the enjoy we, talking. With yeah. You guys. See, I'm this is market. the
2: guest we want. This is the kind of guy we need.
1: Yeah. Today? What are we doing today? Well, um, hey, uh, last week was a lot of fun with the prop bets. I'm and, excited uh, to revisit we that might, soon. Yeah, yeah we, we maybe have done it a week early, so uh, I thought we'd fill the void this week going back to college and getting some college hoops. But I thought we'd do a little buy or sell with you guys today. What do you all think?
2: Yeah, that's good. That sounds good. I'm not sure if we can technically buy anything. might be an NCAA violation, so I'm going to use uh, this or that again. That's how I kind of get by anything generic.
1: Well, I think buy or sell. We're not putting anything against it, so I think you're okay. Okay. Uh, I'll check with my compliance guy here to track. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, hey, first one, Mike. This was just for you, uh, sidekick. In it today in in Minnesota. It's it's pretty cold. <laughs> it's minus 14 degrees. Yeah. However, the Gophers yes. are 15 and five right now, so that's a plus 10 uh, win win loss differential. Yes. Buy or sell the Gophers are going to have a plus 14 win differential at the year's at year's end.
2: Oh, sell No, no, no. This is the Golden Gophers. No, he's the of off already. No, no. I, I mean, come on. I know this program. You know, Richard Petino, I'll give him some credit. Uh, he has, uh, he's built it a bit, I think, too slow for some people in Minnesota, but he's starting to get those results. Um, he's taken some lumps around, along the way, but some good wins. You know, whenever Minnesota beats Wisconsin, specifically in Wisconsin, that is a banner moment, a banner achievement, especially at the Kohl Center. Not a lot of teams win there, and although many teams have uh, this year. Not Michigan, though, obviously. Uh, but I think oh. that it's going to be, yeah, no, uh, you're not going plus 14. Now, it will be an NCAA tournament team, and that is enough for me. I'm not going to get greedy. Uh, there's no you way that so. I'm going to look a gift horse in the mouth, and 2018-19 is that gift horse. Minnesota's receiving one vote in the AP poll right now. Uh, that doesn't make me confident that plus 14 will happen, but I do think that they get to 20 wins, and that should be enough to secure their seat.
0: Well, they do play six or seven ranked teams the rest of the year yeah. as well, so the, the schedule doesn't favor well. So, uh, not to asked me, but I'm going to sell that as well. Yeah, sell.
1: Yeah, well, we're gonna, we were going to ask you, so you've already answered the question. All right, uh, number two, the SOCON champ, whoever that will be, uh, will win a game in the NCAA tournament this year.
2: Whoever that oh, will I'm be. Oh, I'm buying Well, that. it's going to be C S U And Absolutely. I think Jay has something on that already, yeah. bold prediction. That was my bold prediction yeah.
0: before the season started, that the SoCon champ would win a game, and I'm sticking with it. I, I am buying that 100%.
2: Is there any way – now, Landon, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, we've advocated on Sandos and the Psychic and many around the SoCon and Johnson City, the Tri-Cities, have said, well <laughs> – Let's talk about a multi-bid league with the type of year that Furman and Wofford and UNCG and ETSU are having. Do you think that it is completely out of the realm of possibility or 99% chance out of the realm of possibility?
1: Uh, if you're asking me, just yes. based on traditions yes. and everything, it's probably out of the realm of possibility. Whatever. Do I think that that shouldn't, you know, I would sell that possibility, though. I, I think that that should be reevaluated. I think they're having a great year. and. They should look at the teams in the league, not necessarily what drags the strength of schedule down because, frankly, nobody's going to play a good team in the SOCON uh, out at their place. Right. Uh,
2: well, and I'll be and curious. The, the new road.
0: NET ranking, Wofford is 30. So if they went out, you're thinking yeah. they're going to be inside the top. There. Here's my thing. If they can get, um, you know, stay around 30 or better and they're ranked in the top 25, and now RPI is different NET, I know that, but there's never been a team that has been – uh, uh, in the top 25 poll And also been a top 30 to 40 team In the old RPI They've always made the tournament So I'm curious to put that theory to the test
2: I'm also buying it simply because I think that The SoCon is going to garner a pretty strong seat Unless something completely out of the ordinary Happens down in Asheville Where someone outside of the top 4 Is not able to win the tournament And you've got like a you know a 18 and 12 team Or a 16 and 14 team in, Unless it's one of the top four, uh, that's not going to happen. But if a top four team does get in from the SoCon, I think you'll garner a 12, perhaps a 13. The conference has been strong in all the conference RPI ratings. I think last time I saw, they were like 11 and the 31 conferences. So I think you're going to get a pretty favorable seed, and those four 13s and five 12s are right for the upset.
1: Yeah, I think Wofford's the the, the chance there. They've probably got to run the league in the regular season and then like lose a close game in the championship to somebody uh, for the for the at-large conversation to happen. But i'm buying it as well i like it i like socon champ winning the game in the ncaa which is a perfect segue since we're talking about at large will the socon get an at large team into the nit this year if the auto bid uh does apply so will they get two teams or if the champion goes to the ncaa will they get an at large team in the nit
2: i think it's more how many are they going to get into the nit personally Wow. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh,
0: You know, the NIT is just a glorified, uh, let's get the 11th, 12th place ACC uh, in there, which is even more brutal. Um,
1: For perspective, (sighs) I think last year, I forget who it was, was it Furman that got the auto bid uh, into the NIT? Uh, They were a seven seed uh, in the NIT. So that's just a little reference right there. I think they get multiple.
0: I'm gonna say I'm no. I'm gonna say, hosed. Wow, I'm gonna say they're getting no hosed. One? Oh, come say on. Say well you're asking what I think's going to happen yeah, or you're asking what should yeah. happen. If you're asking what's going to happen, I'm gonna say they're gonna get hosed. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah.
1: Should buy. What will, I'm selling to. Mm. Um all right, next one. Keep the mid majors rolling. Right now Gonzaga is the number one team in the mid major top twenty five poll. Are we buying or selling the
0: fact that Zags are still a mid major? Well, I
2: know what Sanders well, is doing. Yeah, Don't I, get him going on this.
0: I, I'm selling, but quick, I did have... we thing, quick thing. Yeah, I'm selling.
2: Well, also, we also should point out, there's a ton of mid-major top 25s, and Gonzaga is not included in some. If you go off the College Insider one that we went over yesterday, yes, they are a mid-major, quote-unquote. But then Matt Craig's mid-major, we found out yesterday, includes the A-10. So the definition is blurred left and right, regardless of where you look, blurred for the better or the worse. I think that... Jay's definition, I believe, to be the correct one. If you are historically a one bid league, and you—you you don't even include this in your definition—but if you're included in like the top ten in the country in the regular poll, I think
1: it should be excluded as well. There's got to be some—if
2: you can new receive
0: the number one overall yeah. seed, you're not a big major. That's I, all. I'm you're saying. not a big major.
1: Self. And I think crazy. I ask crazy coach that when He's on next. Um, sidekick, are you buying or selling that? I uh,
2: sell. So. Right, sell. I think
1: so. Um. Okay. All right. Cinderella. We had a uh, great Cinderellas last year. Loyola made it to the Final Four. Uh, Buy or sell? Final F- uh, Cinderella makes it to the Final Four this year, uh, non-power conference or uh, not including Gonzaga. I was
2: going to say, are you including Gonzaga? Huh? <laughs> not oh,
0: including I, Gonzaga. No, I like that. I was going to jump on that quickly. Um, so
2: you're probably looking
3: at
0: if you're playing. You're looking at Nevada, Nevada Buffalo, Nevada. right? You're talking something like that. Yeah.
1: Uh, you got also receiving votes. You got Hofford, uh Hofford. Hofstra. 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 <laughs> that's my new school. We're combining. Uh, Davidson, Texas State, North Texas.
0: I don't think it's happening. To no, me. I don't either. Sell. I don't yeah. either. I'm gonna sell. Sell,
1: sell, sell, sell. Uh, Fun one. Zion Williamson's gonna break a backboard before turning pro. Oh, be
3: oh that's be a good so one.
0: Fun. That is a good. That's a good one. I'm gonna take technology over the freak and say so.
2: When was the last time a backboard has been broken in a college or NBA game? Do we know?
1: Send it in, Jerome. Was it, has it been
2: no. that long? No, no, it's, on, that. it's been since then. Was it Shaq when he like ripped down the backboard? The no, couple that, times, or has they, it they still since? had. They
0: had one. Of, uh, there was a frequent in a conference tournament like three years ago. Really? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. It if anyone's
2: gonna do it, it's gonna be Zion. I'm a big Zion guy. I've even started to come around, and you. Please, just spare me when you're wanting to beat me up after this. But I've even started to like Duke because of Zion Williamson. Uh, but I don't think that, yeah, backboards are – it's very rare. And as Jay mentioned, technology has gotten better and better. Even a six foot nine, 280-pound behemoth like Zion Williamson, I don't think he can pull it off.
1: He is as close to a, a athletic clone to me as you could probably get. So uh, the, uh, the weight might be distributed a bit I'm differently. I'm probably going to sell that as well, though. Technology is just too good. All right, the perpetual bubble team, near and dear to my heart, the Cuse. Will they make it into the field of 64, or they will make it in a field of 68 by yourself. Probably.
2: I well, they do they like every year, out. no matter hey, what. Uh, it's uh,
0: unbelievable. So it's, uh, oh, no. it's, it's, it's awful. They'll, they'll be under 500 in ACC. They would have played like one road game in the history of the world that wasn't a league game. So you I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say they're in.
1: To- you're going to sell? No, no, I think you, they're in
0: because it's, uh, it's about selling tickets. They have a good following, and uh, they somehow seem to, if they can just get in there, their style of play works well in the tournament. So I'm going to say they'll put them in.
2: Yeah, their computer numbers are going to get them in again. I mean, the schedule is ridiculous the rest of the way. Yeah, at BC, at Pitt, those are a bit easier. At home to Florida State, you're probably going to win that. At home to Boston College, you're probably going to win that. But then it's four games in a row that are against ranked teams, and then you also have to play Virginia the 2nd last second-to-last game of the year in the regular season. But the computer numbers are going to be strong because the ACC is always good at basketball. They'll win probably, I don't know, 18 games and get in. It's stupid.
1: Yeah, so you're buying it. I'm buying it too. Uh, Wins at Duke and Ohio State. Not that Ohio State's turned out to be anything special, Uh, but they were ranked when they won up there. Losses to Old Dominion, Georgia Tech, UConn, and Oregon are are ugly. But, uh, you know, losing at Virginia Tech, there's no shame in that. Losing at Virginia, there's no shame in that. So if they win, a couple more big ones look at it. Speaking of Virginia, uh, by herself, Virginia will not make it to the second weekend of the of the NCAA.
0: I'm going to buck the trend this year. I'm going to say Virginia figures it out and gets to the Sweet 16, but no Final Four.
2: Yeah, I have always been a major detractor of Virginia, and it worked out pretty well last year. Now I didn't have them out as a 16-1 upset. I think I had them out in the Sweet 16. I'll probably have them out in the Sweet 16 again this year, but I give a 0% chance that they make it past the Sweet 16. That is their ceiling. I could see it happening in the first weekend, but more likely early in the second weekend.
1: I'm going to put a special note on this one because we're going to revisit this, of course, after the tournament. 0% chance, Sidekick says, Past Sweet Sixteen. He doesn't score. All enough. right. Yeah. We'll 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 get in there on that one. Um, I'm selling as well. they last year was a fluke. They're gonna come with a a, a purpose this year. All right. Uh, penultimate one. Big Ten will not have a team advance to the Final Four this year by yourself.
2: Hmm. Michigan.
0: You know, like Syracuse, the, the way the Beeline coaches is just it fits tournament style. Michigan State's been a disappointment for the last like five years. Um, you know, the crazy thing is, there's always like a Purdue, Wisconsin, big, you know, teams that just make games nasty, ugly. And they're both good again. They're that good go. I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say they will get one team in the final four this year.
2: And it's gonna be the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Say it, Sandoz. No. Say it. Oh, and I won't say it either. Fine. It's ludicrous. Uh, number five and six in the country. I mean, I. – Thinking that Michigan or Michigan State, Tom Izzo is too good of a coach to have so many years in a row where he doesn't make extreme noise in the tournament. And I love John Beeline. Um, only the one loss for Michigan proved me wrong in bold prediction. Someone has to get to the Final Four. Uh, I am buying that at least one team gets there. And also, I'll use the word at least.
1: So you're selling that they will not have a team. I don't know. I'm not going to the buy or sell thing. Yeah, I'm saying so. one team does I'm get buying, there. Least. They're not going to get there. This is what they do. They're good at it. They're good at having a good regular season. And then disappointing in the postseason. So we're buying, they're not going to make a team there. Yeah. Um, all right. Final one. Might get a bonus question depending on how this goes. Tennessee will make the final four by yourself.
0: Sell. Hard sell.
2: Whoa. Hard sell. Wow. Hard sell. Yeah, there's no uh, way. This is Tennessee.
0: Come on. Just, they haven't done it. I'm, I'm going to say sell. I just I think. Soft sell from you. Yeah, it's a soft sell because, I, uh, you know, and they return a lot for next year. Maybe that's the year. And, and I'm thinking that that's, I think this would be like they've they, they, they they've gotten national recognition, they're starting to get there, but they're going to run into teams that have been there, done that, and, and I just feel like it's going to cost them this year in the same token. Similar, let's say, the, the L.A. Rams, if I could use football real quick. I, you know, the Rams weren't there in the playoffs. It cost them. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they've been there another year. It's helped out. So, I, I think next year's a year, but I I, I think they'll lose in the Elite Eight.
2: Now, here is where they could possibly make it. I think pretty much every team in college basketball is fraudulent in some way. I think Tennessee's fraudulent. Duke has shown to be a bit fraudulent here and there. Virginia, obviously, I think is fraudulent. Gonzaga, you never bet on Gonzaga in the tournament. Any Big Ten team? Michigan and Michigan State, if, if you're believing that Michigan and Michigan State and the Big Ten as a whole are fraudulent like Landon Owen is, then you're probably saying – that's not going to happen. Kentucky is the one that I'm still pretty sold on, where I feel like they're probably a lock to get to the final four. But then Nevada, North Carolina, you can go down the list, Landon. I don't think I'm sold on any team. So that's the only way that Tennessee gets a backdoor ticket to the final four.
0: And of course, it's all about matchups, right? We, we're doing this not knowing exactly. what the draw yeah. is and who has tough this and because it's all about matchups, right? NCAA term is all about matchups. I love sweeping general matches up there. Yeah, you know, I think purdue and wisconsin their style of play would give tennessee fits where i think you know michigan would not give tennessee fits the style of play so it all depends on that
1: agreed i think um i'm gonna buy them as a final four team i think they're really impressive i think they they do enough defensively they've got a pretty pretty solid offense they've got multiple stars um and they just seem to be that team that has put it together this year um, they had that little, a couple close calls. They figured out a way to win. Um, didn't they take down Gonzaga already? They did. They did. Um, so, you know, I think they've got some confidence. They know they can win those games. Um, I totally get what you're saying of, you know, the, the next year is the year that go. But I think those guys won't be there next year. I think Schofield, I think Williams will come out. Um, they won't have much left to prove. So I think this will be there. Their swan song, and you know, I'm not saying they're the team of destiny that's going to cut them all down. That was going to be our bonus if we all bought into this. But uh, there's no real reason to to ask a hard sell on not making the final four if they're going to win it all. So you're just a homer, we'll is what you a, are. You're a homer for every we'll place out. you've oh. ever been. I'm Not a homer.
0: Uh, homer. I'm surprised <laughs> we didn't get a Marshall, a Rutgers. There's just so many others you could have gave. Virginia Tech, and he didn't give us one of those. Oh, and that's yeah. your music. You got to go. What a shame.
1: No, oh, that's a shame. Well, boys, <laughs> it was a fun time. We'll we'll revisit these picks uh, after the turning. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, well, and, and hey, don't forget, team.
0: next week, I guess, we'll look at the props, right? Yeah. Next week, we're going to
1: revisit the props,
0: and that. we'll find something else to argue about. See you later. All right, buddy. See man. And
2: we're cutting Trey. Trey is out this week as well. Oh, Trey! We'll get his We'll see you tomorrow. Day, yeah. We have
0: four quarters with Trey. Long oh, Saturday. Great Go show. Yeah, duck, duck.
2: yeah,
0: I mean, listen, anytime you can get uh, a little signing day, Pat Good, and Owen, all <laughs> on <laughs> the same day. It's a busy day. Big fan. All right, that'll do it for Wednesday. Tomorrow we'll preview the men's basketball, women's basketball contest, and uh, J.J. German on the show, right? Another big guest. Yeah, go. We go. We're bringing you the best contest. And the four quarters. Best best All that coming up tomorrow. Get to download a SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe to RSS feed. We'll be back tomorrow. Another edition of Santa's Sidekick on the market That
3: Madwire.